I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Here we go. It's time for another episode of Oops the Podcast. I am Francis Ellis, by God. And I am joined by Julio Gallarotti. By God. I've got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder today, G. Love it, dude. Love it. I can't wait to let her rip. Yeah, well, prepare thyselves. Dude, I have a, I have a quick observation. So first of all, I don't know if on the eve of Chris's born day, it's not this episode, it's the next episode, Chris has lost a bunch of weight. He's looking good. But I've noticed for every pound he loses, he adds a piece of jewelry. <laughs> The kid, I swear to God, sure the past does. three months, every week, he's got a new ring, he's got a new fucking bracelet, he's just, you know, I, it's really funny. Guy just keeps, looks looking like he keeps leveling up in some mythic quest video game. He feels naked or something. He's like, oh my God, I'm too skinny. I gotta like yeah, cover it up. He's earning ro- rune stones and ancient. I gotta add these pounds back somehow, you, you know? You gotta add yeah. them back, bro. Love it. Yeah. Love it, dude. It's amazing. Don't your hands get heavy from all the rings? I mean, no, but my body's pretty lighter, so I could feel like I could handle it, you know? Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. Chris told me that he Looking was good. working out and he was doing hang clean. Oh, dude. Damn. Remember those? College? Yeah. I tried to forget them. <laughs> to me, that was like the way, you know, how women forget those. about the pain of childbirth. <laughs> so they because they know that if they did remember it they'd never want to do it again <laughs> that's the first i'm hearing that but there's some kind of biological concept apparently where the brain blocks out the memory of how painful uh it is to birth a child because if anyone actually remembered that they would never want to do it again that's crazy and so that's what I did with hand cleans. See, I hated them. I just remember like getting all chalked up and there was always one kid on the team who was too psyched to do them. He's like, oh, let's fucking go. I'm like, dude, yeah, no. Smack, he's like, smack me in the face. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm hung over, dude. Like, I hate fi- this. Find someone else to <laughs> smack you in the face, uh, Theodore. Yeah, terrible. We, I, I, I hated that shit, man. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it. Fucking too. weightlifting. Anyway, all of that is to say Chris is looking svelte. I told him, I said, dude, you are on the precipice of just really a, a summer of, 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 of constantly having sex. Summer of smash. Summer of wetness. Love it, dude. Of bog water. And <laughs> he was like, nope, I'm, I'm 40 pounds away or something like that. He said he was, he's not quite there yet. So I'm worried we're going to end up with a, you know, a wafer thin sort of shell of a former man (laughs) where does it end chris where does it end i don't know you just got to keep going i've been too big forever you know i'm just trying to get small your face looks good i know you're a hot guy now i'm getting there you're a hot guy i'm getting there yeah you're looking good dude yeah oh okay anyway what do we got jay dude so i it's so funny every time i come to francis's and if the doorman stops me and he's like, where are you going? And I tell him, and then he goes, what's your name? And I say, Julio. And he goes, Julian? And I say, no, no, Julio. And he goes, Julian. I'm like, yeah, Julian. And then he just calls, he goes, Julian's here coming up. All right. And he goes, all right, Julian. And I'm just wondering, like, is that ever going to end? Like when masks are gone, 
is it then are they then going to think I'm saying Julio and I'll never be able to explain that? Will they ever be able to say <laughs> Julio and wrap their head around it? I don't know. This I don't is think something so. you've been dealing with your whole life. Right? Yes, yes, it's and, pretty nuts. Um, my question is, do you have a breaking point? Dude, I don't know, but I'll tell you this. My dad has the same name as I do. He used to go, he used to spell his name J-U-L-I-O at one point. And because he was dealing with the same thing and I'll complain about this to him. And I'm like, does this stuff happen to you? And he goes, yeah, isn't it terrible? And I'm like, why would you name me that? Why would you name me that too, dude? You knew about this the whole time? Like, it's crazy, dude. It's fucking crazy. Oh man, oh man. Well, dude, I'm re- I I was hanging out with Francis this weekend a bunch. Yes. Um we hung out during the day. Francis has a crazy story about the Kentucky Derby. Oh. That you need to tell us. Just like yeah, a was, crazy <sighs> fortuitous charmed situation. That was the, that was the the really the big break that went my way. Everything else has been kind of going the opposite way lately. <laughs> but here's Francis's big W. This was a win. So we were at my friend's apartment. Julio came over, um, and Julio had comedy shows later in the evening. And when I have that, I usually have to be very temperate in how I drink during the day or whatever. But Julio just on the way over basically said he was already <laughs> accepting that he'd be on stage <laughs> smashed. Well, so this is the thing. I don't think I think I, I held it together. I was uh-huh. able to, I was able to perform on both of my shows. I didn't do well on the second show, but it's not because I was fucked up. Mm. It's because I just didn't do well on the second show. The first show was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did the one funny thing did happen. I called Francis and I said, so I'm, I'm meeting up with like some of Francis's friends. I want to make a good impression. You know, like mm-hmm. it's important to me that I can be integrated into Francis's group. And, you know, these are like pretty sophisticated guys and girls. And like, you know, you, I, I feel the need to, even though they're very friendly and welcoming, I also feel the need to come correct because they're very polite and they're well-mannered. So if they didn't like me, I would never know. So, so I, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I need, they would never, and then they would tell Francis when, when I left and then he would have to defend me maybe, or he'd be like, you're right. I don't know. We gotta, we gotta change. They're also very low key. They just don't care about much. So in order for you to have rubbed everyone the wrong way, you would have had to come. Come in, in hot. Real, yeah. Really yeah. bad. Yeah. And dude, no, totally. And, but, but I am also aware that when people come in really hot, they are unaware that they are doing so. Therefore, I always try to be humble enough to accept that perhaps I don't realize when I'm coming in too hot. Sure. You know what I mean? Anyway, I call Francis because my idea, I was like, I'm going to bring over some White Claws, but I wanted to make sure that bringing over White Claws was an acceptable thing to do. Sure. And I immediately said, dude, you don't have to bring anything. There is a, a, an insane surplus of alcohol here. You're arriving 60% of the way through this gathering. <laughs> you know, there, there's no admission fee. We've talked about this so many times. This is, you're, you, you're past the point of being expected to bring anything. Fine, but it's not, it's not you, it's your friend. So even though I know that I don't maybe have to, I feel like it's a nice gesture of kind of like breaking bread with the new pals to show sure. them I, you know. Get that. They probably don't even know that I brought anything. And but. you know what's you know what's interesting about that, G, is that uh, in this particular instance, my friend whose apartment we were at, their doorman, the building has placed a limit on the number oh, right. of people that, of that they can have in their apartments at six people. Oh god, which is bizarre. 
And I, maybe, maybe that is the rule, but like I think most places just kind of look the other way. And mm-hmm. especially since we were out on a, on a roof deck, uh-huh. um, you know, it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been a, an issue. But once once six people had arrived, every person after that, my friend, whose place it was, had to go down to the lobby to bring the people up. What an interesting loophole. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a complete bullshit workaround, yeah, yeah. but it's it's a hassle. Yeah. And so. You'd never met that friend of mine, I don't true, think. True, true. And to your point, I told I had to tell him to go down there to get my buddy, mm-hmm. who he's never met before. Totally. And his first image of you is you holding a big crate of white claws. <laughs> so it probably did. It probably did mean more. It was more apparent. Per, may, uh, may, perhaps that right? you'd brought a, a gift for the the, the, the baby Jesus. <laughs> You know, frankincense and myrrh and tangerine white claws. <laughs> frankincense and myrrh and tangerine white claws. That's it. That is great. A variety um, bag of claws. Okay, well, I'm glad the claws were well received. But, dude, I wanted you to backtrack about you, you playing golf, you being in the car. Yes, 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 yes. I yes, want to yes, hear yes, this whole story. This is a so great it's story. The day, it's the day of the Kentucky Derby. And, frankly, it wasn't even really registering with me. That we weren't. We, it wasn't a. It wasn't a Kentucky Derby party. It was just a gathering of friends, and I went and played golf. And then I'm driving back from golf, and the car that we have is my girlfriend's uh, fa- family's car. They've let us basically kind of take over the lease. They've been very generous about that. But it, because it's a lease, it has uh, satellite radio in it. Sirius XM. Right. They they throw that in. Yeah. We'll give you satellite radio for and, a year. And I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I agree. Uh, the, the, the thing I like about satellite radio is that, uh, is the decades. Oh yeah. Channel yeah. five is fifties, channel 60s, six is sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. And I'm just kind of flipping back and forth between the decades and it's kind of fun. So I'm on the, I think I'm on the eighties channel. I don't even know which channel it is. And the song funky cold Medina is just starting <laughs> by tone loke yeah i had never heard this song before and i if i had i'd never seen the title of it right and so i'm i've got it right there on my screen on the car and i'm like oh funky cold medina what the hell is that that's a classic pre-gangster rap song yeah where it's like talking about a story cold medina and i think it's about a cross-dressing a guy who hooks up with a who he thinks is a woman it felt very anti-trans yeah it's definitely dated it felt very out of touch but keep in mind it's a 30 year old song whatever the point is i listened to the whole song and i was like you know that's kind of catchy yeah. Kind of like that funky cold Medina song. <laughs> Jump forward a couple hours. I'm at our a friend's apartment. Two minutes before the Kentucky Derby is set to start, I walk in and I ask my friends, hey guys, who are we betting on? Who's got money on the horses? <laughs> and everyone starts throwing out. They're like, oh, I got I got, I got, got four different horses I'm on. Everyone's on different horses. So my friend Bill, our buddy, Love him. hands me his phone and it's Man. got the list of the horses on it he's like dude just bet whatever you want we'll figure it out later and i don't know anything i don't know how anything about the horses so i'm looking through the names and i see old medina <laughs> is the name of one of the horses which is about what 62 percent of the name of the song funky 
cold Medina. Literally. And yeah. I'm like, this is surreal. <laughs> There's my horse. Throw a hundred bucks on it. The race, this is two minutes before the start of the Kentucky Derby. The race starts. Old Medina wins wire to wire. <laughs> Didn't come from behind. <laughs> Was never not in the lead and won the race. Now, it was, it was relatively close, but... Usain bolted it. Just the whole time. And I'm sitting there. First of all, I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> and as I have been a bit lately. And I'm sitting there and I'm like trying not to speak or utter a sound because I realize that I'm in the lead. And I feel like if I if I so much as exhale... <laughs> I will jinx this horse. It will tire. And somehow I'm trying to like sync my breathing with the horse. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Just becoming you know, the jockey. Let it let it one time. Let it happen. Yeah. And 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 the horse <laughs> wins. And I stood up and I started screaming and dancing. <laughs> and I was like, ah, I fucking did it. And everyone is looking at me like, dude, none of us were on that horse. <laughs> like, don't be an asshole. Don't rub it in. I, I say that. My friends are great. They were like happy for me, but they're also they're also used to winning. And so, you know, it, the, I, I was so sad that more people had not won with me because right. it, it's there's nothing more fun than winning a long shot victory and, and being able to jump around with a friend or two who were also part of it. But I won... 10 to 1, a thousand bucks. Unbelievable, dude. Right there, right then and there. That's so great. What a great I was so psyched for you. You were the that. you were definitely the most excited for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my girlfriend was there watching and she hates it when I bet, but she couldn't believe it for once. I actually <laughs> I actually won. <laughs> so it was a that was definitely exciting, right? So that was great. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, it was great. That was um, great. Old Medina, all because of that song coming on on uh, Funky Cole Medina. Dude, I I have another buddy though. There's another story like this, and the only other buddy I have who won on that horse, who wasn't at the party, this guy Pete, um, who I ended up playing golf with the next day. He had also bet on Medina because he's currently hooking up with a girl named Medina. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. She was like, "There's a horse that's got my name. We got a bet on it," and he was like, "Okay." That's and he won 2500 because he put more on it. Damn. Yeah. Dude, it's the idea of winning betting on horses is just so, seems so difficult to me. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just fucking crazy. It, 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 it is. It is pretty spooky. I've been to Saratoga. I've never been to a horse race. It is one of the most fun places on earth. You go to the, you go to the races at Saratoga, you get dressed up a little bit. Is that one of the big ones? Oh, yeah. Which one is Saratoga, New York? Do they do every weekend? Their biggest oh, got weekend it, got is it, called got Travers it. Weekend. I went for a bachelor party. Got it. There's a comedy club in Saratoga that I've played a couple times. Oh yeah, is that the Uber story? Is that a of a revolving around a show? We took the Uber home. We we, that was we were up there for the bachelor. Party got it. Got though. it. Got it. Yeah. And we took the Uber Uber home, and the driver had to drop his gun off. <laughs> Before he drove us to New York City. What a crazy thing. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, but all of that is to say it's a, an awesome town. It obviously explodes in the summer. And if you ever have the chance, I mean, it's it's a really good bachelor party uh, to bring your buddies up to Saratoga for the weekend and, and go to the horse races. Incredible bar scene downtown. Um, but also, you know, betting on the horses, you go up to an old-fashioned ticket window and you place your bet on the horse. There's like 
20 races throughout the day. That's crazy. They happen every half hour or something. So you you get a drink after it ends and you kind of relax for a bit and then you get excited for the next one. You go up to the ticket window and some old dude who's been working there for a hundred years, you're like, I want to bundle the one horse and the six horse and you got a little pamphlet that's giving you some handicapping. That's crazy. Maybe you hit one or two, you know, you get lucky. It's 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 cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That reminds that, you ever see that movie The Sting? No, Robert but I've been keen Redford, to. I believe is Robert Redford. In it? it's, it's Paul, Paul Newman. Newman. And if there's some other famous actors in it. Uh, it's a. I think there's horse racing at the end. I, it's mm. a really good movie. I forget yeah. the details, but whatever. But dude, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that you yeah. I, I won on the horse, but dude, let me let me just add a bit because I want to explain the rest of this evening. So <laughs> we arrived at my friend's house. I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon, maybe something mm-hmm. like that. And you know. I was I took some mushrooms, I was drinking, smoking some weed, and uh I had played golf all day in the sun, so I was hot. By like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, I was wiped out. Yeah. I was wiped out. And we then were kind of waiting for Julio to finish his comedy shows so that we could then go up to his apartment. Sierra wanted to see his place. We were excited to chill with them up there, also hanging out with our friend Abba. So we all go up finally at like 10, 1030 to to G's place. And we're hanging out there. And I just kind of like fucking hit a wall. (laughs) And I'm sitting on Julio's incredibly comfortable house or couch. I'm so glad that we're in a safe space. Right. Because, yeah, I like that that is how you felt. Yeah. You just lay out chill we are we're it's a small group now we're among friends but you know all my highs have worn off everyone's cracking open white claws coming down off the boomers the too. rest of the group is sort of getting the second wind that <laughs> i has it has left me behind it, it, i was untouched by the second wind and i am full-on falling asleep on the couch and fighting it and i'm aware that i am now an elephant in the room a sleeping elephant in the room and i'm very self-conscious about it because i don't want to bring the vibe down as everyone else is coming up and i keep thinking well i gotta give my girlfriend enough time here that she feels satisfied with the visit but there's nothing more than like i'm i need to go home and go to bed Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean what is your solution for when you need to go to bed and nobody else wants you to go to bed. Dude, it's a it's a really tough To be honest, I was I was wondering how that was going to play out because I I I was under the assumption that you guys were in control of the situation and you're like I'm going to go cuz cuz what ended up happening is you ended up leaving. Ultimately, I just said I I I have exhausted every Every last fume I had in the tank. And you had a big week too, dude. Yeah. And I turned to Sierra and I was like, I have to go. But you can stay by all means. And fortunately, Abba's a neighbor. So the two of them could like, you know, split a a ride home, have a quick affair, and then she could come back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) While I'm asleep and I wouldn't even know. But, you know, no, uh, the... The uh, I ended up they everyone was okay with that and and what was crazy was as soon as I like broached it and left 
Um, and I was on the Uber home. I was like, why did I think that that was going to be so hard? Mm. Why did I build that up in my head as, as being this incredibly difficult bandaid that I had to rip off? So is that something that you've never done before? I've done it, but I have to say one of my biggest frustrations, fears, something that I really have a hard time with is wanting to leave a party and knowing that I need to leave a party and having to fight through people who are trying to keep me there. Yeah, that sucks. I I hate that too. I cannot stand it. Nobody nobody opposed you. No, which was almost a little insulting. <laughs> the ease with which Dude, you were like, guys, yeah, well he needs you should get out of here. I no no you've been, no one wanted you to leave. Yeah. No, I hate when people are pushy about shit. When they're like, come on. Yeah. I hate, dude, I hate it. So I try very hard not to be that person. In retrospect, I'm thinking you could have, we would have been happy to let you fucking knock out in our bed. I'm assuming you wanted to go back no, to your own bed. I wouldn't have done that. We don't care. But, but it, let's put it this way, right? Let's say we had shown up and I had been there for 15 minutes mm. and then I was like, I got to go. Uh-huh. I feel like there would have been a little bit of like, well, what what are you doing, man? Why did you stay so short? Mm. Maybe a little bit of resentment? Not not for me. We're I, close enough. But. I would have worried that somehow that would have been a problem with you and your girlfriend. Would have been my thought. I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm pit. Why did Francis leave? But I would have worried that like somehow that was going to cause tension. So so what is the what is the, the the question is what is the bare minimum amount of time that you can stay if from the moment you walk in the door you are exhausted and you're just holding on. It just really depends, dude. You know, like it just, it just really depends. In that situation, I thought that you stayed for longer than you needed to, but I, I, I wasn't aware of how tired you were. I, for the record, it, I did not want to leave from the moment I got in. I right, right. was having a great time and then I hit a wall it and was, then I was like, I stayed for another probably 20, 30 minutes. It was inevitably a good time. At least an hour, hour and a half probably. We, so but I was falling asleep on the couch. We, my eyes were closing. We also started like, we like ran out of alcohol pretty quickly, which is like one of my biggest fears probably worked in your, it worked to your favor. Yeah. We ordered food and then we ended up ordering more alcohol oh, that eventually God. came, but we ordered an appropriate enough amount that we exhausted it all. And then everybody's like, okay, we should all call it a night. Yeah. If we'd ordered more, who knows how late that night would have gone. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. We were cooking, dude. Who knows what Ab and Sierra would have done. I- <laughs> so I gotta be honest, man. I <laughs> I think and I trust I find my girlfriend to be one of the most trustworthy people. Famous last words, but I find that to be the case. However, I don't think I would ever leave her somewhere alone. Really? And that is maybe me just being insecure. Maybe that's me having PTSD from times where I've done that and it has gone wrong with a person who maybe is a little less, has a little less favorable of character in my past. Mm. But I, even if it was with like one of my boys, I still think that I would feel uncomfortable doing that. Interesting. Is it, is it more of a not wanting to look as though you are abandoning her or is it that you're worried that someone's going to swoop in? I'm and- worried that everybody's fucked up. And when people are fucked up, they do shit that's like fucked up maybe. And like, I don't want to put her in some kind of like precarious situation where who knows the limits of her personality 
like this is just the thought like the dark thought process going mm-hmm. on in my head i'm mm-hmm. like if people are drinking people are fucked up one of my guy friends is there with her you know and especially if it's like one of my guy friends it depends which guy friend you know what mm-hmm. i mean if it's like mm-hmm. a guy friend that i deem to be kind of like charming or maybe i think that he has something that i don't or like I'll be maybe even more heightened with those feelings. And I know they're wrong probably, Mm -hmm. but still, you know, like shit happens. So like, I prefer to avoid a situation like that ever even having the opportunity to come to the table. I, I will. Yes, I get that. I will say that me leaving Sierra at your place, there were two things. One, I couldn't tell you the last time that I have gone home before her. Right or or without her totally so i i never do that Mm -hmm. but two i almost could not pick a group of people i trust more totally than who was at your apartment totally 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 and i get that and i was trying to run that through my head who is that group for me Mm -hmm. and that group certainly exists for me yeah yes you know like you and hillary live there yes and then abba is one of my best best longest friends totally And I, most importantly, I completely trust her. Totally. Um, so unless that young comic was there, <laughs> who this kid Peter was, this guy Peter was who, like scooped up a child <laughs> okay. at the comedy show and brought him over to hang. And we walked in, and I swear to God, Hillary goes, "There's some random child here." <laughs> okay, so this guy, he's from Arizona. He's a funny. He's a funny comic. He opens for some of our friends. He ended up moving to New York. And it was one of those things where one of my boys was like, hey, I like I like this younger comic. I think he's funny. I'm going to try to like show him the ropes. So he had DM me being like, what are you up to tonight? I was like, I have a spot. Come if you want. So he came and we kind of hung out. And then I was like, come by. And then it just turned into him being there. But that was funny that. And, and I was happy to have him there. I wasn't he was like, sweet. He was a very he's sweet a nice kid. kid. And it was a funny addition to the. But but he also kind of looks young for his he's, age. He's 22 and he looks 15. Right. And that's not an exaggeration. It's probably something that he jokes about, I imagine. I, I thought he was a younger cousin of yours <laughs> or something. I could Am not I Italian fathom cousin or something? how this was the, 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 the child boy that you had decided <laughs> to bestow your teachings upon. Dude, this Abba, was your Padawan. It was really, it was, it was my Padawan. And yeah. it, we're recording this on... May the fourth be with you. So yeah. that's a good that's a good reference. Star Wars Day. Um mm-hmm. but he um Abba was like shitting on him for like an hour straight. <laughs> and it was really funny. He's like he's like, dude, you don't know shit. He's just like it's Abba gets that way. It was really but it was really funny. Uh-huh. And he and he was kind of feisty he too. He gets it back, yeah. Because so, he's a comic. Yeah, so he was so it was funny. It was a really funny dynamic. Yeah. Um yeah. I was I was glad to get home. I, um, it is, it is a good question though. It is something I've wondered guys. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical an industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, 
Anchor.fm. Download it now. Another thing is, we had stopped on the way to your place at a party. And I, it's so funny, the party we stopped at, because <laughs> it was the party of bird dogs. And I'm not going to do the read right now. I'm not going to do the ad right now. But bird dogs was throwing a party at their office. And we walked in and I said, because it was on the way to your apartment. Mm-hmm. And by this point, it was like 10, 30, 11. Their party had been going on for a while. And I told Ab and Sierra, with whom I was in the Uber, the cab or whatever, like, we got to stop in here for 10 minutes. We, you know, I told them I was coming. It would, I think it'd mean a lot to them. And we go in and we are there for 10, 15 minutes. Everyone there is mutilated. <laughs> Almost like unconscious, dude. It, it, it was a, great. it was the walking dead. Mutilated. And I'll even say, dude, that I ran into the guy Kyle from Summerhouse. Oh, amazing. Who I really like. He's a nice guy. He was so fucked up <laughs> that I honestly was. It was the kind of look you see on someone's face where when you're younger, you're like, we need to take him to the hospital. Oh, my God. Jesus. There were no lights on upstairs. And yet, even through that. The dark passenger. I um I went up to him and I said, hi. And I was like, it's Francis Ellis. And he goes, Francis, <laughs> your alternate side parking series is fucking hilarious (laughs) and that was the end of our conversation and it amazed (laughs) me because if i were in the state that he was in there would be no fuses (laughs) still connected and yet somehow he had summoned a specific thing from the depths of his subconscious this tidbit he knew about me he had a fact about me, and it almost was like what you'd expect Obama would be able to to do. <laughs> he somehow where he's something. like walking through a crowd, and he's like Senator Perry, uh, your son's sixteen <laughs> and is a hell of a middle middle like a pitcher. And yeah. how's he, how's his left handed curveball yeah. coming along? Like he's got, he's got a hell of a curveball. Yeah, like next person, like woman, and he's got a fact for everyone. And somehow <laughs> Kyle from Summerhouse. Dude, had great. one uh, little cord of information that was, you know, like the the slowest internet connection was pumping a fact <laughs> in for him. And that's and he got it, and I was I was thrilled. But um, but dude, that's a specific, and uh, like that's pretty specific. That would be like yeah. if you were like Kyle, you really cemented yourself as the star of Summerhouse <laughs> yeah. in season four. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, something yeah. that's like specific enough. It's yeah. pretty good. I'm impressed. It, it amazed me. I'm it amazed impressed. me. And and he's awesome. Boy, he loves the party. Uh <laughs> so th- we went to this this bird dogs party, and you know, sh- sure enough, we after 10, 15 minutes, I was like, okay, we gotta we gotta gotta get it on to Julio's because we had told them we were on the way. And um, so we start extricating ourselves from this party, and these people were so bundled that they did the thing that i struggle with oh god which was like they were they were like how like 
No. Come on. You're not leaving. Like grabbing my arm, being like, come on, come on, come come have a beer with me. And I'm like, I've got one in my hand that's completely full <laughs> from when they gave it to me 10 seconds before. <laughs> They're the nicest people ever. And like, I've, I've done this to people too. But when you're not on someone's level and people are not letting you untangle yourself from the thorns of a grabby party, um, I get anxiety from that. Mm-hmm. Dude, it sucks. Because you feel like you're hurting people's feelings. You feel like you're being rude. I know. And dude, I've always really respected seeing people who just do not fold. And you set this new set of expectations. Like, my friends know that they can coerce me into doing things I didn't plan to do. Sure. It's this funny thing about sure. me. Like, they, they all... Dude, they tell this story. Like one time, there's this bar called Barcelona. Did you ever do Broadway Comedy Club when you were coming up? I did, up? and I also know Barcelona. So, dude, this was like the watering hole where like all the guys who are the class ahead of us would hang too. So, like you go by there, you'd see Soder, like when he still used to drink, Joe List, like all these guys when they like still used to drink. Everybody hanging out at this bar, Barcelona. It's like a shop bar. And one time, I I had done a spot at Broadway. I went to the West Side Westerly Market. It's this like health food store, and got groceries. And I was like, I'm going to take my groceries back to Brooklyn with me. And I happen to walk by Barcelona holding my groceries. And I peer in the window and I see Benny and Ricky and Josh all drinking. And I go in with my groceries and I stay till 4 a.m. with my groceries. (laughs) That's the story they tell about me. So like, this is the guy. I'm like, gee, come on. The word on the street is you just have to ask me three times and I'll do it. But it's because I have so much fear of that emotion that you're describing that I will succumb to the pressure and I'll end up doing things I didn't want to. You're like Will Ferrell's character in Austin Powers one. Where he's like, I'll never tell. He's oh. like, who does Dr. Evil work for? He's like, ah, and fuck you. And he's like, who does Dr. <laughs> Damn, three times. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Did exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if people really... Find it annoying. <laughs> dude, like my, even my family, like I have cousins, uh, like I have a cousin who lives in New Jersey and sometimes he'll be like kind of pushy, but like not in like a loving way. But and he doesn't get upset if I say no. But like for some reason in my head, I'm like they're gonna hate me if I say no. You know what I mean? I want to be this agreeable guy. Yes. Um. And it's yes. hard. I struggle with I, it. I think so many of us do. And it and the the sad part is that it leads to one of two phenomena. Uh, <laughs> one of well, I say I guess if it's one phenomena. of two phenomena, I would make it singular. One of two phenomena. No phenomena. So um, the first is that it 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 makes us all want to just Irish goodbye everywhere we go. Yeah. Because that is the easiest solution. Correct. You just disappear and don't tell people you're leaving. And frankly, everyone at the bird dogs party would not have been offended if I had done that. Totally. They were at the level where an Irish goodbye would have been apt. Dude, side note, real quick. What, is Irish goodbye ever going to be an unacceptable thing to say? <laughs> Good question. Okay, continue. The Irish continue. have pretty thick skin, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I have no problem with that one. Yeah. Or, you know. But, but. And and by the way, quick shout out to Mike Cannon and Mike Feeney who run oh, yeah. their Irish, Irish Goodbye, Goodbye podcast. podcast. Um, so that's that's the first thing. And 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 you know, I had gotten to an age where I had I think I kind of swore to myself that I would stop Irish goodbying as much as I did because people used to make fun of me for it in college and oh. later because I used to do it a lot for the Irish for the Goodbye express guy. purpose of avoiding this. Being yes. trying, having people trying to coerce me, and then leaving on like a bad terms with with the party. You disappeared last night, dude. No, but it's it, they don't even they don't even really give you shit for that. They it's it's more like 
when people are like, don't go, come on, dude, you just got it. Like, have, a, have one more drink. It's just getting started, whatever. And, and then you're like, no, I got to go. That whole thing tends to get more thorny than the day after people giving you shit. Oh, uh, that's having definitely, Irish definitely, definitely. But the other thing that will happen is I'll just, instead of, instead of having to deal with anyone, I won't even go at all. Right, right. Which is bad, too. And and not, both of those situations are a bummer. Yeah, agreed. Which is why when any of, whenever anyone tries to leave my house or my party, I immediately get up and give them a hug. And I'm yeah. like, you got it. People know when they need to leave at this age. Francis, just more good hosting People know. Accolades. They let them call their time of departure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what? how badly do you need company that you need to fight people to stay at your apartment? Yeah, dude, totally. Totally. And again, yeah. Let's talk about uh, Bird Dog's pants, though, <laughs> in light of all of this. So, well, dude, if you got an Irish, it's a good pair of pants to be wearing. It, it is a good pair of pants to, to, to wear. Uh, if you're going to fight through a sea of arms clinging to you and trying to keep you in, dude, it's kind of like, um, that scene in battle of the bastards from that game of Thrones episode where John, John Snow is like gasping for breath and all the arms are like pulling him back under, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how it was at the party. When he's fighting, what's his name? The bastard, the other bastard. Yeah. Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. Uh, but. John Snow would have done far better in that fight had he worn his bird dog's pants. We love the bird dog's pants. They have built-in underwear liners. They're the perfect pant for a cool summer evening for a nice <laughs> round of golf. They're kind of athleisurely pants that can also absolutely fly as business casual. Dude, you for sure wore them throughout the entire day from golf to bouncing around to parties to finishing the evening lying on my couch. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you slept in them. No, I, you're right. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I did, but I would have been fine too yeah. because they're that comfortable. Flexible. And um, if you use promo code OOPS right now, when you buy your first pair of bird dogs at birddogs.com, you will get a pair of rubber sandals. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> Not to be confused with a company that rhymes with blocks. Um, <laughs> amphibious sandals yeah yeah so uh go to birddogs.com right now get your first pair of pants or shorts and uh have a great summer with those so dude the next so another phenomenon that i would like to discuss and i don't know if you relate to this in any capacity but for some reason every single time my parents come to visit me in the city and we have some like full day of activities planned or whatever for whatever reason the night before i stay out till four in the morning and I wake up and I'm just like so tired. And now I have this day with my parents that ends up being wonderful. Um, but it's just crazy that I can't avoid doing that. Mm. And this weekend was no exception. You know, you guys were there till pretty late. You know, your girl and Abba and we were all up till, you know, late. And then the next day, poor Hillary had to like help her cousin take her bed out of her old apartment she was yes. she was up at 8 a.m dude yes and then she crawled back into bed at 10 and i felt so bad for her and then my parents show up at like an hour later and then we do this full day like my parents just love to you know gallivant we go to brooklyn we go to the botanical gardens my and hillary made a funny point she's like 
She's like, I never realized this about you until your parents came, but like, you guys just love to like look at stuff. <laughs> like, we drove up to the old house where my mom, where my mom moved after they moved from their first house when they moved to America, and we just sat outside of the car and we just looked at it for a little, and then that was it. <laughs> we kept it moving, and then Hillary bought a candle, and everyone's smelling it. You no, know, Zio Butch came, my dad and my mom. Everyone's smelling the candle. My dad has an ice cream cone. I'm really, we're all, we're just a group of adult children yeah. being led by Hillary, who's the only true adult. <laughs> we're just it's, all a bunch of kids, dude. It's wonderful. My dad got an Italian ice and then he got an, an ice cream cone for him. and he bought three cheesecakes. Of course. <laughs> we of course went to the cheesecake store. Zio Butch was there as well, uh-huh. plotting his, you know, how he's going to grab a couple pieces. Nice. Um, oh, and I'm man. sure he bought one for himself too. Dude, this was, cast of characters. It's too funny. You man. posted an Instagram story and it made me so happy. It was one of my best performing Instagram stories that I've ever posted. <laughs> it, it, this, this group that you were with, your family, I mean, everyone looked so happy. They're pretty cute. And I have to say, Julio, credit to you for rising to the occasion of your parents visiting on very little sleep thank you because i thought what you were going to say is that when your parents visit for the day after you've stayed up till 4 a.m you're grumpy and you are kind of quiet and disconsolate and and not um you know not not that fun to be around because that's what happens to me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my parents come to visit if i haven't slept well i i have a hard time faking it for them right and then they're just like i'm sad after because i feel like i've been an asshole and (laughs) you know they're so excited to see me and i'm just like this shell of a person uh and it's a huge bummer but good for you for being able to to just uh rise rise to the occasion that's that's an impressive thing thanks man yeah i took them to eat korean food broaden their horizons a little bit wow we went to this place cho dang goal Okay. I you know I live close enough to Koreatown now that I wanted to kind of explore the spots. I really am a fan of Korean cuisine. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I took them. I ordered for the table. Everyone was sort of skeptical, but at the end of the meal, everyone was very happy. Um, they're all picky, a bunch of picky fucks, dude. I mean, Hillary has to be because she can die at any moment. Yeah. And she's like, are there nuts in this? And the guy's just going, huh? Are there nuts in this? Huh? I'm like, oh boy, Jesus. Huh? Um, and then my parents are kind of like, what's that? And then everybody ate and everybody was happy. So Good. it ended up working out. And then I think they kind of realized that we were struggling a bit because they were going to come up after dinner and they ended up just leaving. And I wasn't sure if it was because they thought we were tired or not. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, a good time. But, you know, it would have been in the future. I would like to not have to rally for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. would like to kind of just be like up, alert, ready to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we made it work. So Hell yeah, dude. Well, here's something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, we've kind of hinted that uh, our podcast was on the verge, we thought, of being signed by a big network, which would be you know, a huge leap forward and a, a major validation uh, of all the hard work that we've all put in over the almost two years that we've been doing this. And how you know big we've gotten. Yeah. It's really become a thing. Um, it's great. And we, were, we kind of thought, because it took a few weeks for, you know, us to hear the news and after a couple weeks we kind of thought we were not going to get it and then we got an email that sort of revived our hopes in fact we (laughs) we got that email on saturday night or maybe maybe friday night or thursday Thursday i don't know whatever we've been hanging out so much 
and we started getting super amped being like the boys are still alive we still got a shot and after that i went from yeah managing having managed my expectations and and feeling like it wasn't gonna happen to all of a sudden believing it would and then sure enough on monday we got an email saying they were passing and i was devastated i was absolutely broken from it now for the record just so we can save face here the reason why it ended up not working out was was a technical reason as far as like the programming they have and stuff we just sort of like didn't fit into the roster yeah we would have been we would have been the first podcast of our kind on their network typically they represent very different things from what we do right. and so we thought maybe that'd be interesting right. and they were branch out maybe but i guess yeah not, not and yet. they were like we're not kind of ready to do that yet mm-hmm. but if we do you'll be the first people we call mm-hmm. who knows all of that is to say i was sh- i was shattered from this and um i you know dealing with disappointment is something that um is a very interesting topic to me mm-hmm. Um, do you have a process that you go through for how you cope and how you put the pieces back together? I'm not talking about grief or, you know, loss. I'm talking about like, let's, we can even keep it specific to, to career and opportunities. Dude, totally. Well, you're so close to that big moment where you're going to, it's going to be cause, cause these kind of like quote unquote life changing things don't happen that often in our business not as often as you would think as an outsider it's like the thing where they say you know it took you 20 years to become famous overnight that holds true for the most part but there are these moments where like you just catch a big w you know and before it happens it's unclear if it's going to happen and you start getting your hopes up and then when it gets ripped away from you it is just the most brutal thing in the world and it's happened to me before dude a specific example i i had tested for a tv show And, you know, I learned later that like, you know, actors will get to the point where they're testing quote unquote for things. That's where you've gone through the audition process. You've gone through the callback process. And now there's three of you and you go and you audition in front of the director and then in front of the network. And then they kind of decide who's going to get it. Um, so the first time, like I just signed with a new agent, my first audition that I did and they called me in, it was a TV show called forever. It did like 20 episodes. I think on ABC ended up getting picked up was for the pilot. I was like positive I was going to get it, positive I was going to get it. And you sign the contract. It tells you how much money you're going to make. And it's yeah. like a life-changing amount of money. Yeah. It would have been like, you know, you know, they're paying you $30,000, $40,000 an episode. And this show ran for, for, for 20 episodes. So just do the math. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. So you get your hopes up and then it's ripped away from you. And it's as if it never happened. Nobody even knew how close you were. Yeah. And now you're just back to the fucking loser you were before. That's, that's how you feel. Yeah. And dude, like some... There are, there are situations where it doesn't hurt as bad as it does other times, but sometimes you got to fucking just cry, feel like shit about yourself for a couple of days, shake it off and keep going. Yeah, I guess it's that it's, there's no special answer. Um, I, you know, I, uh, I was, I remember when I was applying to law school, you know, I had, I had really thought I had spent a whole year of my life basically grooming myself for law school maybe a year and a half studying my ass off for the lsat took taking a job as a paralegal at the district attorney's office 
and doing a whole year of work that really was not fun and brutal and paid very little simply for the sake of improving my candidacy and, and giving me something to like write about in my law school applications. And I had, you know, come from Harvard where I had a, a good GPA. Um, I did relatively well in the LSAT. I think I was in the 92nd percentile. And I, I had told myself they, they law school is so much about the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically say like, if you, your LSAT score is this, your grade point average is this and whatever else, these are the schools where you, you have a chance. Right. These will be a reach, whatever. And I had kind of told myself, well, you know, the fact that I have the good job and the fact that I have done stand up and I've written this interesting personal essay on my application about how being a, a trial attorney is a, an interesting step having come from the stage of stand up comedy. Um, I, I kind of had told myself, well, like they'll 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 take a shine. To me. Yeah. They'll they'll read beyond the numbers. And dude, I applied to the top. 18 law schools and then i had like a couple safeties that were you know i applied to like the 25th ranked one which was i think fordham and then 32nd and then like the 100th ranked one and there was a period where i think it was like three to four weeks maybe two months where i was getting a letter from a law school every four days when i walked home from this shitty job that was a rejection Mm. you get 18 rejection letters savage oh like one after another not waitlisted not uh you know right putting into a different pool or we want to look again dear mr Ellis, just like fuck straight off. up no you know <laughs> yale harvard stanford on and on and on it went and to receive such an like universal rejection such consistent rejection beats you down yeah it beats you down almost to the point where i was no longer getting disappointed after the 14th one Mm -hmm. um and sure enough you know the 25th one which is exactly where the numbers said i was probably going to get in i got in there great um yeah but like i didn't even want to go yeah no i know i really wanted to go to, to stanford or wherever and um it just it just sucked dude and it's like last night i the whole point of me bringing that up was to say that not getting signed by the network last night was as disappointing to me as the law school thing yeah yeah that i haven't felt that level of disappointment since then yeah dude i i listen man i there are and i'm sorry to to just no, dude, it's okay. put these weights on you because you've been so much more buoyed about it than I have. Dude, in a way, like I almost feel like I want to I want to make it better for you. For you. <laughs> I know that sounds like weird, but I feel like if you feel bad, I'm like, okay, we gotta get Francis feeling good and again. And that's you need that. And that maybe is a way for me to not have to deal with how disappointing it is, you know? Yeah, but we're also fine. We're fine. Dude. Like the podcast is humming. We've we, also been talking to other people. We have some other op- we're, we're opportunities. Doing, we're of not course we're doing dead it. in the water. This wasn't a zero sum game. Definitely. Not. Um, it's just that I really thought we were gonna get it. Yeah. And it's I thought we were gonna get it because of them. And you know what, dude? Like the what we do and the kind of world that revolves around what we do truly is difficult. 
And dude, it's no coincidence that so many like actors join the church of Scientology and stuff. Yeah. It's just people who have been bashed over and over and over again with rejection. You're not good enough. No, no. Like getting close, not getting it. And like, how do you deal with that? You know, and this is going to sound corny, but like when you take L's, like you really got to fucking dust it off and and get up again. Because like these, uh, these things are, they don't define you. You know, they don't, they don't dictate your worth. Like you will get lucky. It, Mm -hmm. it, It is arbitrary to a point. And granted with this, this is a little more, you know, specific with the pod and whatever, but like in general, your best day is right around the corner, you know? Totally. And there are two thoughts I have off of what you just said. The first is you mentioned earlier that you had seen what the contract would be. Yes. And that is a particularly uh, difficult thing. You sign it. In our, in our work (laughs) where I have, I have signed what are called if come deals where you know what you stand to make if yeah. you get the job and the numbers are astronomical. You they will change your life. But you won't make a dime of it unless every star aligns. Right. And then you're just the guy who was taking pictures in the audition room. Yeah. I have a big audition today. Yeah, there's no yeah. there's no middle ground. There's no, there's no like you come this far well like maybe we can find you another position in this in this place or whatever, you don't have necessarily multiple balls in the air. So all of that is to say that that's particularly difficult. Yeah. But then the other part is, um, I, I have a couple other ways. Like one is like, I'll make myself ice cream. It's nice. I gotta have an ice cream. I had a big ice cream. Good, last night. Good, dude. In fact, I had a pint of ice cream, Van Leeuwen, Ooh, their delicious. vegan ice cream so uh, it's non-dairy murder my girlfriend immediately cashew but it's delicious oh. i remember those days yeah <laughs> they're so fucking good. well what i will do is i'll take it out of the freezer and i'll put it in the microwave for 15 seconds oh, so i can get nice the spoon soft. in there real easy and then what i did was i was like scooping it and then i was like who the fuck do i think i am and i just took the entire pint on a spoon and then put that in a bowl Awesome. And, I, and and you might ask yourself, well, why didn't I just eat it out of the pint? There's something much more dignified about transferring it <laughs> into a bowl. Yeah, it goes from this like sad moment to a triumphant moment. That's you it. are in fact in control. And then I took a big, a couple big scoops of our uh, Brooklyn Roasting Company oh, fuck yeah, coffee peanut, peanut butter, butter oh, and put that best. on top. And I had a nice fourteen thousand calorie snack at uh, <laughs> at, at midnight last night. Uh, and people wonder why I'm tired all the Cheat time. Meal. So. That's how I cope. I, I I eat ice cream. I think that's a better way, frankly, than than drinking or or drugs or whatever. Um, Do you know what's funny in these situations? And sorry to carry on about this, but every time you catch one of those big L's, there's always like some specific excuse that's supposed to like make you feel better about it. But then you look back and you're like, was that it? Yeah. Like, do I remember I did a prank show and it got canceled? And they were like, oh, it's because it it's because it debuted the week the Hurricane Katrina happened. That's yeah, the only yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. Or then like they'll be like, oh, dude, the 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 MTV changed presidents. Like the, there's a new guy. He's he's shifting away from this kind of programming. Yeah. I had this pilot that got dropped. Like there's always some excuse. And then it's like you look back on it. And you're like, 
Was it actually? Yeah. This is just designed specifically to soften the blow. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. The one I get a lot, and this is insane, is, you know, people will tell me like, well, it's super hard to cast a straight white male right now. Mm. And then you think to yourself, well, yeah, it's tough. It's tough for me as a straight white male. But then, you, then, then the thought I have is like, do you think that Bradley Cooper ever had the thought of like, boy, I sure was lucky to get this part, given that I'm a straight white male? No, I don't know. But dude, then, then you watch TV too, and there's just straight white men everywhere. Everywhere, they're still killing it. Like I'm just not good enough as a straight white male. That's it. You and then know? someone's like, "Oh, it's the fucking British. Why don't they get Americans to play American part?" <laughs> There's always somebody fucking bitching, dude. Yeah. You, you just gotta listen. You're, and this is a again. This is gonna sound. You're probably gonna roll your eyes at this thought. And this doesn't directly relate to us with the podcast stuff. But in general, you know, some big success like that isn't gonna define you and make you happy. You got to be happy with or without it. Certainly it can add to your happiness, but you got to be happy with yourself too, or you're never going to find your happiness. Yes. Yes. And that's a very holistic thought, but on a more realistic level, this was a time in my life where getting that would have been a huge relief. Right. Yes. Of course. Because I just left my job, you know, my job ended and I've started this independent you know give pursuit. it a shout give it Get, a shout check out, out. The, check out the patreon that's where i'm writing and and posting videos and all of that francis ellis patreon.com please subscribe um and if in this transition period we had picked up a, a big network opportunity like this it just would have taken a lot of the pressure off me and a lot of the fear right out of my day and about, also just reassuring knowing you're like see i went off my own it was the right move yeah <laughs> You don't yet get to say that. Yeah, <laughs> but you no. will. But you will. But you got to claw, man. We've chosen a we've chosen a field where it's it, you just have to constantly claw. It's tough out there. You're clawing for everything. So, um, best of luck to everyone. If you're dealing with disappointment, uh, hopefully, what, some of what we said can can soften the blow. <laughs> eat that ice cream, <laughs> go baby. Eat some ice cream. Get some Brooklyn Roasting Company uh, coffee, peanut butter to go with it. And uh, check out our YouTube page. Check out our Instagram. It's all Oops the Podcast. Um, send us your emails to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. We love you. Thank you so much for your support. Hopefully, there are much bigger things for us on the horizon, and I suspect there are. Clear skies ahead. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Talk to you soon.